Hallelujah. That's awesome. I'm so thankful for what God's doing. Isn't he good? He's so kind. God is so kind and he is so faithful. And I love our church. Thank you for your generosity and your vision. Hallelujah. If you um, weren't uh, here on the morning that Wesley Campbell just recently spoke about um, what an apostolic center looks like, I'd really encourage you. You can write into info at glorycitychurch.com.au and get a copy of that emailed to you because it's really encouraging for us to understand that the vision that we've we've been given by the Lord is to reach the world. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, while we, I, I love that we are a, a local family, we have got some exciting things coming up as the Lord is expanding us, doing wonderful things giving us opportunity um, to really uh, reach so far by the grace of God through Glory City TV and other things. So um, it's amazing what God's doing and the favor and the opportunities that he's giving us. And I I just want to give God thanks for that. He is so, so good. And I want to encourage you too uh, to be lifting your vision for the Lord wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope, or imagine. Hallelujah. But he wants us also to be activating our imagination. So let's just pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you. This is your doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. And Lord, I ask that this year, Lord, you'd take your people on from glory to glory and strength to strength. Lord, that it would be a sweet 16, a sweet year, a year of your presence, of your divine recompense, the year of jubilee. Father, I thank you for your grace and your goodness. Lord, I thank you for your favor. Lord, I ask that you'd bless each and every one here. Bless them indeed, Lord. Enlarge their territory. Let your hand be with them and keep them from evil that they may not cause pain. Papa, bless us, Father. I thank you for your goodness. Let us walk with ever-increasing joy in fellowship with you this year. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, how I love Jesus. Sometimes I just spill tongues. And you know, if you're practicing praying in the Spirit, if it becomes a natural, a normal part of your, your daily walk where you're just continually praying in the Spirit, you know, the, the Lord wants to continuously edify us. Who comes along to our Tuesday night prayer meetings? They are so much fun. If you haven't been to a prayer meeting on Tuesday, it's, I find them so refreshing. We just eat together for an hour and then we pray together for an hour. And uh, it's just a really refreshing time. And we're also praying for the church and, and for what the Lord's doing. So I want to encourage you to come out on Tuesdays. The leadership come out and we, it's our opportunity to get to spend some time with you uh, and, and just find out a bit more about you. So do come and do bring good food. Hallelujah. We appreciate it. It's wonderful. I always I like it when um, Julie and Duncan bring their, their curries. Very nice. And Julie brought some apricot chicken the other week and oh, something else this week. It was very nice. So for some, for some of the um, young men, it's their only home-cooked meal in the whole week. So please have mercy on them. If you can cook, please bring some food on Tuesday nights. And I see them hovering around at the end going, is there anything we could take home? So uh, don't feel afraid of bringing too much. We can make use of it. Hallelujah. Well, it's 2016. Happy New Year. Woohoo! Yay. We'll make the declaration. Happy New Year. It's going to be a good year. Whatever you had in the past in, in 2015, leave it there. It's a brand new day. Hallelujah. A brand new year. And it's our opportunity. You know, um, a lot of people make New Year's resolutions and so on. But I was sharing on Friday that um, my middle daughter, Emily, where are you, Em? There you are. Emily does calligraphy and she's got the most beautiful writing, penmanship. But she's looking for a new journal, you know, to start this year. She likes to keep her little journals. and um, But it has to have the right paper so that the pen doesn't, that the ink doesn't run on the paper. And I was just thinking about it, the joy of, you know, little, little joys when you open up a new journal. It's just quite exciting, really, to be able to, you don't want to make a mess, do you? You just want to 
start fresh. And that's a, that's a lot what a new year looks like. We get the opportunity to start completely fresh. His mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. And whatever you might have been defined as in the past year, whatever burdens you might have had in the past year, you can leave them there. Hallelujah. And you can determine and begin to speak out what this year is going to look like. Begin to prophesy what your year is going to look like. I like to wake up in the morning and say, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Because I have this power in declaration. You know, what I, I have what I say. Hallelujah. I've been created in the image of the one who created the whole world with his words. Now, as he is, so am I in this world. So therefore, I need to make use of my words. When, the, when I'm seeking the Lord, when I'm spending time with him and he speaks something to me, a promise to me, I immediately like to speak it out loud, even if it's just in my bedroom by myself. I speak it out loud because there's something that happens when we verbally come into agreement with the Holy Spirit. It's his words when he speaks to us are, are invitations, they're opportunities, but they require a response. Hallelujah. And as we come into agreement, uh, we confess with our mouth, something powerful happens because the, the creator who lives on the inside of us is creating with our words. And so I want to encourage you, you know, leave all the cynicism and anything that you might have picked up from Australian culture throughout the last year, leave it behind and recognize you've been called into a kingdom culture, a kingdom uh, paradigm, a kingdom way of thinking. That's pure and clean and lovely. Hallelujah. And uh, you've got to remember, have a good look in the mirror. Remind yourself what you look like. You know, you look pretty awesome if you've been born again. You look amazing because it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. Remind yourself of who you look like. What does he look like? He is love. Therefore, it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I am love. That's happy for everybody that gets to meet me. Love is patient, therefore I am patient. Love is kind, therefore you are kind. Love is long-suffering, therefore you are long-suffering. Love keeps no record of wrongs, therefore you keep no record of wrongs. Love always believes the best, therefore you always believe the best. Hallelujah. Love always hopes. Therefore, you always hope. Yay. That makes you a really nice person. You should be quite happy about that. Instead of looking in the mirror and going, oh, I don't like that wrinkle. I don't like this. I don't like... Look in the mirror and go, thank you, God. That you are on the inside of me. It's no longer me who lives. I, mean, I reckon myself dead today. I remind myself that Christ now lives in me. And this is what he looks like. Therefore, this is what I look like. You are patient. You are kind. Hallelujah. You might think, well, that sounds a bit strange. But I tell you what, your attitude will shift. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you need to sort it out in your head. Hallelujah. Sort your soul out. Now, David did that. He'd say, bless the Lord, soul. Why are you downcast within me, soul? Hope in God. You need to talk to your soul and, and sort it out. Hallelujah. Because we're not ruled by our emotions, but we're ruled by the one who we have called Lord. Hallelujah. He is Lord. Therefore, my emotions are not what's going to lead my day. It's not, what, it's not what's going to determine my attitude today. My circumstances are not going to determine my attitude today. I am submitted to the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And this is how it's going to go. I'm going to bless God. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to rejoice again. Hallelujah. I'm going to always hope, always trust, always believe. The just shall live by faith, not by accident. Mm, hallelujah. Oh. Just a little bit of encouragement and worship there for myself. Hey, Jesus, we love you. 
We heard some wonderful prophetic words on Friday night, and I encourage you to have a look at the live stream. Um, but one of the scriptures that uh, James Marquette uh, brought out, I don't know if James is here today or whether he's working, um, was from Isaiah 35. And I was very excited about this because it's very much what the Lord had been sharing with me. And I, I want to just, just because it's really delicious and you'll enjoy it, I want to uh, just read that with you today. So if you can turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 35, I want to encourage you. It's good stuff. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. We'll just declare, thank you, Lord. We're going to see the excellency of God this year in our lives. Hallelujah. Strengthen the weak hands and make, the, make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. That's actually happier than you're reacting. Hooray! Yay! Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness. Can you hear all of the prophecies we've already had coming out in this scripture? Like, I, I'm excited about this. And streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals where each lay, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. In the place where you've been attacked and you've been constantly under attack, God wants to turn that place into a place where you can rest in green pastures with, beside uh, still waters. That's the will of God and uh, his delight and his will for us this year. A highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the Highway of Holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall live there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. With everlasting joy on their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Ah, hooray! <laughs> Be it unto me according to your word, Lord. I'm just going to take that. You can, you can have that or you can leave it. Entirely your choice. But me, I'm going to take it. Mm -hmm. Yay, God. Hooray. The year of Jubilee, I'm going to have it. Thank you, Father. Be it unto me according to your word. Thank you, Lord. You can take this scripture and declare it over your life this year. And not just do it once, but you could uh, over and over again declare the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Who likes that? Mm -mm. Well, I've, um, I've put that up on the Australian Prophetic Council Facebook page. Uh, James has expanded on that word, and it's really uh, very powerful. So I encourage you to have a look. Also, a wonderful word by Lana, um, just brilliant stuff. Uh, so have a look and um, pray into it. Don't just go, oh, that's interesting, but actually declare it. Come into agreement with it and have it. Hallelujah. Very good. So uh, today I've been studying uh, Hebrews chapter 12, and I've been doing a little bit like Emily. I've been... Um, starting the uh, journaling again this year and I've got journals from years and years past where I'd write down things that God had done and you know keep a little bit of the history of God and Catherine and I want to encourage you if you are you may not be a, a journaler but maybe consider it but instead of thinking well I'm going to start something and then and stop why not make a plan at how it's going to happen you know I I have been encouraging people, maybe write down five things that you could be grateful for and maybe one scripture that stood out to you as you've read the Bible that morning. Just one, one verse. You know, if you, could, if you could 
just do that every day, that would be better than doing four hours one day and nothing for three days. If you could just be consistent, maybe just write one verse, even if it was just that's all you did, write one verse, one promise every day. God wants to encourage you. Because we read in Isaiah 35 about strengthening the feeble knees, strengthening your arms, strengthening, make firm the weak hands, make firm the, the feeble knees, strengthen the weak hands. And it comes in the context where it's saying strengthen the weak hands, strengthen the feeble knees. It's coming in the context of telling them the good news of the promises of God. That's how we strengthen ourselves. When you're starting to feel, I don't know if I can keep going. I don't know if I can keep up this. You know, I'm tired. Oh, I'm just tired. I'm just trying. When you get to that place, God says, hey, this is how you strengthen yourself. This is how you lift up your hands. This is how you strengthen those weak hands. This is how you strengthen the feeble knees. Remind them about the promises of God. And so... Instead of doing it when you are about to crash, if instead you were strengthening yourself on a daily basis by just taking one promise and writing it down, then instead of getting, uh, you know, running really fast and then crashing, you'd be able to build up an endurance. You'd be able to build up a strength that would be consistent and that would cause you to be able to be in it for the long haul, for the marathon. I've just taken up um, running, which is amazing. I know Pastor Aaron's like, this is a miracle. He and Pastor Beck have occasionally asked me to go running with him. And I'm like, I don't do running. Like, not my thing. But I've started and it's amazing. Like, uh, you know, initially I could do three minutes. And I thought, this is ridiculous. How does anyone do this? And then I sort of started to figure out that it's, I was running really fast because I thought if I run fast, it'll get done quicker. But the problem was if I ran really fast, I didn't get very far. So I figured out if I slow it down and I get a regular pace and just pace myself, I can go further than I thought I could. And then if I do it every day, I can get a little bit further and a little bit further. Now, I don't want to give you any impression that I am some sort of heroic athlete because I hear about people who, you know, push themselves and I think, oh, that doesn't sound like very much fun. But I do, I am actually doing a little bit more every day. I got myself up to, I could do two kilometers. Woohoo. <laughs> then today I did three kilometers. I thought, woohoo. My sister down in Byron Bay, she can do 10 kilometers without blinking and uh, well, maybe not without blinking, but you get the idea. But you don't have to compare yourself to other people. If you are consistent in what you're doing, you will grow and you'll get fitter and you'll get stronger. Same thing with the Spirit of God. You know, my personality, I, I tend not to be in the natural a hugely disciplined person. I'm more of a spontaneous person. Like, I could spend eight hours on the floor worshiping God. But then the next day I might be so busy that I've only got 10 or 15 minutes. And in the natural, that's not very clever. Because the running and then the <sighs> exhaustion isn't necessarily the right way to run a marathon. God's looking for us to continually be aware that we need to strengthen ourselves on a daily basis. Over the years, I've had to... Um, not be led by my personality, but I've had to be diligent to actually schedule in the time, to make time, to, to not have to necessarily do the, the um, enormous things. I, I can do that when I get the opportunity, but to be consistent in the little things so that I can have a long haul marathon run with the Lord. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage you that this, this is what the Lord is wanting to say to us. And, and one of the key things is by keeping the promises of God in front of our eyes. That is, to remind yourself of what the Lord said. I mean, what would it look like if you just wrote down one prophecy that you'd had, you know, for the day? Or one scripture, one promise each day. What it will do, it will spark you to want to read more. And you could read four chapters. But so long as you're doing a little bit every day, 
If you only get one verse for that day and you're meditating on it, it's better than doing nothing. Hallelujah. And uh, so I believe that the Lord is looking for us to be ready for the long haul. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's have a look there. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12. Very interesting as I was reading this today, it was um, the same as what the Lord was saying in Isaiah 35. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. Can you see how that lines up with Isaiah 35? The highway of holiness makes straight the highway of holiness. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterwards, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. Now, it's interesting to me, But again, Paul now is exhorting us to strengthen our arms, strengthen our our, um, feeble knees and make straight paths for our feet. You know, by building in disciplines from the Lord into our lives, what we're doing is we are making straight paths for our feet. Hallelujah. It's no longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us. Hooray. I have everything pertaining to life and godliness. Yay. This is all good news. But what are you going to do with it? You see, you can have all these wonderful things, this incredible gift, the nature of Christ, the power of God upon you, in me, on me. You can have everything pertaining to life and godliness, but if you don't have a plan to be consistent, then you you won't be stewarding well what the Lord has given you. Because the enemy does prowl around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I want to... Read to you, for, just um, back up to Hebrews 12, chapter, verse 1. It says here, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, say endurance. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. For who the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. This comes on the back of Hebrews 11 where you read about the great men and women of God who do wonderful exploits. And he says, now consider all these wonderful people that went before you. Now it's your turn. The baton's been given to you. Run with endurance the race that's been set before you. Don't run by how you feel. I feel like doing it today or I don't feel I feel like having just a me day. You know, instead, recognize that you've been called to run with endurance. You've been given an incredible privilege. You are carriers of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is on the inside of you. It's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. What are you going to do with him? What are you going to do with the son of God? If you're ever tempted to think, well, it's just me. I've just got this little life. You've forgotten what you look like. It's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. Therefore, think about this. Be deliberate. If someone gave you a billion dollars and you, and you went, oh, that's awesome, brilliant, got it in my bank account, and you did nothing with it, it would be a bit strange. You've been given much more than a billion dollars. You've been given the Son of God. You personally have the Son of God living on the inside of you, in place of you. He now, it's no longer me who lives, but the Son of God, Christ, who lives in me. I have a big responsibility. 
I might mention, so do you. I say often about the parable of the talents. One was given five talents, one was given two talents, one was given one talent. And the master was pleased with the one who stewarded well what he was given. But the one who had one talent just sat on it and buried it in the backyard. And then that was taken off him and given to the one who had five, who had ten now. And you know, that is the heart of God, that we would steward well what we're given. He gives it to us. He gives us the grace to steward it well, but it's up to us. We have a choice as to how we're going to do it or if we will do it, what we're going to do with what we, what we're going to do with what we've been given. I want to ask you, what are you going to do with the Son of God in 2016? What's your life going to look like? If you're not making a plan, then you are making a plan to fail. Because the Holy Spirit in you has dreams and visions. You have been given the mind of Christ. So wake up. Get into it. Step into the mind of Christ. Hello. Yes. Thank you, God. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? If you're occupying your time having a whinge, and a complain and lots of negative thoughts and your speech is continually negative, what you are doing is entertaining the thief who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Any thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of who Christ is needs to be taken captive, like violently arrested and cast out and replaced with the truth of who God says you are. Hallelujah. Any thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God does not belong in your brain and you must not tolerate it because if you tolerate it, you will start to have your conscience seared and you'll begin to forget who you really are. Remember, as a man thinks in his heart, you're very quiet. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Ha ha ha. Let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. You know, getting into a pity party because you feel tired or you feel a bit weary is not uncommon. A lot of people get to that place on a regular basis. I often feel tired. I often feel, oh. But, you know, when I do, I have, rather than getting in a, a complaining state about it, I've got a choice. I can either give up or I can make a plan for long-haul endurance. I can make a choice to either just give up or to say, okay, I'm tired. What changes do I need to make? Oh, I think I need to go to bed before midnight. I think I need to maybe shift some things so that I get a bit more sleep. I think I need to shift some things so that I'm, I'm taking care of my soul. I'm waiting on the Lord. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. If you're thinking, I'm so tired of doing this I'm all by myself. I'm the only one in my family doing this. Whatever your thing might be. You're not the first one. Elijah did that, I'm all by myself. They're all gone. There's no one left but me and now they want to kill me. And God just said, I've got 7,000 others. You know what? Be careful with your tantrum. If you get into a tantrum that says, oh, it's, oh, it's, oh, it's just so hard, I give up, I give up, I give up. God might just give your assignment to someone else. Seriously, guys, you've been given so much. Don't mess about. If you feel like that, you can tell him, this is how I feel, but this is what I know. You see, Tantrums don't please God. Faith pleases God. Hallelujah. 
You're allowed to be real with God. He loves it. You tell him. I tell him all the time. I talk with him. I tell him exactly what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. My personality is such that I'm a verbal processor. And I've learned that the very best and probably the only really safe person to verbally process everything that's going on in this complicated brain of mine is God. Now, I love to talk to my husband. I love to talk to my family. Praise God, Tom and I are going to be celebrating 25 years next week. Hallelujah. Yay. He's my good-looking husband. And it's wonderful. But if he had to be the one that I did all of my verbal processing with, you know, there, nothing would get done. And he'd be very patient. But I tell you what, you know, it, it, would, it, it just wouldn't work. God didn't create us to be dependent on other people. No man's an island. We do need the fellowship of the, the Holy Spirit. We need the fellowship of the believers. Don't forsake the fellowship. It's wonderful. We encourage and strengthen each other. But if you are looking for somebody else to make you feel okay, then you are looking in the wrong place. Because they might be able to give you some sort of temporary fix, but there is no long-haul endurance. There is no long-haul help aside from the one who is available and who loves to hear every thought and every idea that you have. His name is the Holy Spirit. Now, they used to have these um, pasta ads about the perfect Italiano. I don't know if anyone ever saw them. These, they're pastor ads. And the idea was it's the perfect man. And, and they'd have the, the, per, the perfect man doesn't actually exist, but we've got pretty close to the perfect source. But they'd try to have these advertisements about the perfect Italiano. And this guy, he'd say things like, tell me your problems. I love to hear the problems of your friends. And then they'd say the perfect man does not actually exist. But... <laughs> Or he'd be multitasking and, 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 and crying as he was as peeling potatoes, saying, Ah, oh, they're so beautiful. But the reality is the perfect man actually does exist. And his name is Jesus. And he wants to be your perfect friend. He wants to be, he, he knows exactly how you're made and he doesn't get tired of your thoughts and your feelings. He actually enjoys, in fact, is jealous to share and to hear what's going on in your heart. If you're feeling frustrated, God wants to hear about it. Of course he knows, but he waits for you to come and share it with him because when you share it with him, he can take the burden. He can speak back to you. Hallelujah. He can encourage you. No matter what sort of uh, situation you're in, fellowship with God, waiting upon the Lord, that is taking time to actively engage with God, is the place where your burdens can be lifted. Hallelujah. The Lord spoke to me on Friday night that the anointing that breaks the yoke, the burden-breaking anointing is upon us. And God wants to remind you that his anointing in his presence, it breaks burdens. It lifts the burdens. It breaks the yokes of bondage. But we need to actively engage with him in conversation. Talk to God. Actually talk to him. Talk to him out loud. Go for a walk and talk to him. Tell him what's going on. Don't just assume he knows it all. If you're a parent and you have um, maybe teenage children, you might be aware of what's going on or some of what's going on. But when they actually come and talk to you about it, that's when you can have some input. That's when you can have some, uh, some help. And I tell you what, as a mom, I get so happy when my, my teenage kids or my 22-year-old my will come and tell me, what's going on in their lives, and they'll just open up and share something. It's like, oh, they, they want to talk to me. Any, any parents out there know what I'm talking about. It does. It gives you joy. Far more joy does God get when you open up your mouth and you tell him what's going on. Like David in the Psalms, tell him what's going on. I don't understand this. This is how I feel. Da, da, da. 
He says, I'm so glad you brought that to me. I've been seeing you wrestle with that. I've been seeing you burdened down with that. Let me help you. Let me comfort you. I'm the comforter. I've got your perfect comfort for that very situation. Hallelujah. Ah, I, I'm excited about fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm sharing my best stuff with you guys. Like, seriously, this is good. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Therefore, I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. What Paul's talking about here is preparation for the long haul. He's saying, this is how I do it. He says, we need to run in such a way that we're not just going to be one of a number, but aware, hallelujah, I've been given the most incredible gift that there is. I am special. Now, it's not about being arrogant, but if you don't believe that God has called you to do something that nobody else is called to do, that is, God has uniquely gifted each one of us. He has given us, every one of us, a call and a purpose to reach people. If you choose not to do it, he can use somebody else. But God has called each one of us to be deliberate, not to run like aimlessly, I'll just do my best or try to be a good Christian. Recognize, hey, I'm going to run as, I, as though I'm going to get the prize. That is, God wants you to be continually seeking his higher place, his higher purposes, his plan, his vision. If you've, if you've done some things and you're happy with what's happened, you need to be looking further and saying, Lord, give me a goal. I want to go further. It's like me with my little running machine. You know, I'll, I'll go, I can do another, I can do another 30 seconds. I can, I can. Oh, actually, I could probably do, I can, I could do five minutes more. But when you get there, God is wanting to give you more. He's wanting to give you more. He's wanting to give you more. Ask for rain in the time of rain. Hallelujah. When it's starting to rain, recognize God's grace is not for me to settle, but for me to go on and to look further and understand I've been called not to live a mediocre life, but I've been called to run as one who's going to get the prize. You know, why would you want a mediocre life if God has given you his son? Not a bit of his son. He's been given to you. The son of God, the fullness of God himself is available to you. Why would you choose mediocrity? Now, you might be called to work in a pharmacy. You might be called to work in a newsagent. But that doesn't mean that you have to live a life that's just small. You could be so influential that the entire suburb comes down to get a paper, even because they don't want a paper. They just want to be in your presence. Christ in us, the hope of glory. I pray that you would wake up and know the hope of your calling. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to so abundantly pour out upon you that you would know and understand the hope of your calling because it is glorious. That you'd understand the riches of his glorious inheritance in you, the saints, the ones that have been he given here on earth as a gift from God to the planet. That you would know the greatness of the power toward us who believe and that you wouldn't squander it, but that you would run with endurance the race set before you. Amen. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty, he says. If you're thinking, well, you know, I don't know what I'm really doing, but I'm going to give it a go. You know, without a vision, people perish. 
I, I've never been, as I said, naturally a particularly goal-oriented sort of person. Though, I, you know, I get my prophecies out, and I, but I've had to be deliberate to do it, to keep vision in front of me. I've had to be deliberate, not to just go by whatever I might feel, but instead to go by, walk by faith and say, Lord, this is what I believe. I believe you've called me. You've anointed me. You've appointed me that the spirit of God is upon me. You've called me to preach the good news of the gospel. You've called me to heal the sick and raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. So, Father, I'm asking you for vision. Help me see what does it look like to see the dead raised? What does it look like? Help me to pray into it. Help me to lay hold of it, what you have laid hold of for me. Help me to take it and to steward it and not to be lazy, not to be moved about by every wind of doctrine, but to be consistent in the simple things that I might run a long haul race. Therefore, I do not run, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Therefore, I fight not as one who beats the air. Neither do you go, oh, it's awful. I don't know what's going on. It's just terrible. But to pick up the sword of the Spirit and say, okay, God, I don't have to do this alone. I don't have to figure this out on my, by myself. Help. Help. It's the best prayer you could ever pray. I pray it all the time. Help. He's my ever-present help in time of need. And my time of need is all the time. So is yours. I pray, God, give me eyesalve so I'll see and recognize my need for you. Because if I recognize my need, I'll go and get what I need. So, Lord, I need help. Help. Give me wisdom. Help me to recognize what's going on here. I pray in tongues every day, deliberately. Because the Bible says when I pray in an unknown tongue, I edify myself. If you're feeling sorry for yourself, open your mouth up and pray in tongues. Because the Spirit of God will intercede through you, for you, about stuff you don't even see or know what's going on. So instead of just trying to beat the air and go, oh, it's awful, who can I bring, what can I do? Get up. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Know in faith that as I'm praying in the Spirit, I pray with my mind. In faith, engaging, believing that what the sounds that I'm making, the words that I'm saying, even though I may not understand it with my mind, I'm in faith believing that what's happening is the Spirit of God is interceding through me, for me. He is pulling down strongholds. He is he's hijacking my tongues to pray for things according to His purpose and His plan. Hallelujah. And He's praying perfect prayers through me that's cool if you who would like a 24 7 perfect prayer warrior to pray for them continually 24 7 few of you seriously hello I'll, I'll just ask you again all right so hello wake up happy new year just in case you weren't awake who would appreciate someone whose life was devoted to 24-7 praying perfectly for you? Me. I would like that. I actually have it. His name is Jesus. He's my intercessor. But I tell you what. I have to open my mouth and let the Spirit of God pray through me so it can actually come to effect here on the earth. I need to come into agreement with the will of God, and I do that by praying the mind of Christ, by praying in unknown tongues. It's in the book. It's very good. If you don't pray in tongues in your communion groups today, just ask for it, and God will give it to you. Hallelujah. You're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Woohoo! Yay. Yay. Have it. <laughs> and then use it. Speak out. When you're feeling discouraged and confused, pray in tongues. Pray with your mind as you're praying in tongues. And the Spirit of God will cut through all that confusion. You won't be beating at the air. You can pick up the Word of God and speak out that promise that you wrote down in your journal today. Hallelujah. And then he says this, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. 
For those of you who would like to cut bits out of the Bible because it doesn't fit in with your theology, I make no apology. You got to read the whole book. Is there? Is good. Mm, yum. Eat it. Yum, yum, yum. Take it. Read all of it. Don't just go, I don't like that bit. I discipline my body. Mm, doesn't sound like very much fun. You know what that means? It means exercising the fruit of control, the fruit of self control. It's a fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Turn to somebody and say self control. Self-control is a powerful, important fruit of the Spirit. And that means you're not led by the lust of your eyes. You know, oh, McDonald's, I must have McDonald's. Give me McDonald's. I need it. You'll end up like Esau. i got to have it. I don't care what it costs me. I need it. I need it. I need it. Uh, no, nothing necessarily wrong with McDonald's, but the reality is, we're not called to be led by whatever our eyes might look at and desire. Whatever our appetite might be, we've got to remind ourselves, hey, that's not who I am. I'm not controlled by anything other than the Spirit of God. What do you want, God? I discipline my body. That means I discipline everything that's in me is now in subjection to the Lordship of Jesus. I've been given grace to be holy. The highway of holiness is not some good idea. This is an invitation to acceleration. A highway is where cars and ministries go fast. But without holiness, no one shall see God. You can't achieve holiness in your own strength. You only have to lay hold of the holiness of God, but then you've got to apply it in your life. You've got to say, thank you, God. I am holy. I am pure. I am clean. And this is what I'm going to do with it. If I'm seeing something that's defiling my conscience, I am not having that. I'm going to walk away from that because that's defiling my conscience and I want to be on the highway of holiness. I want a divine acceleration and I want to win the prize. Hallelujah. I don't want to get to heaven and find out I did bit, a bit of what I was called to do. I want to do it all. Hallelujah. I want to do that and more by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Mm. I love you. So does God. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. That's Paul taking this thing seriously. Like if you aren't willing on a daily basis to discipline yourself, then you are, you are laying snares up for yourself. If you go, look, I just deserve it. I'm allowed to have a bit of a me day or, you know, it's all right. You can justify it. All things are lawful, but not all things are edifying. If you start partaking of stuff that's not edifying you, then what you're doing is you are starting to sear your conscience and you are starting to become conformed to the pattern of the world. Who wants to be like the world? No, when we've been invited to be seated with him in heavenly places, ruling and reigning and seeing his kingdom glorified and magnified on earth. I want to encourage you. I can sense, I know in the spirit, the grace of God is upon us. The spirit of God, the power of God is upon us. And his people are willing in the day of his power. I sense and see the willingness of God on the inside of you. The yes on the inside of you. But I don't want you to be like me in the past where I've had stop, start, accelerate, and then go really slow. Accelerate, go really slow. I want to, I want to see you going further for longer. Hallelujah. And that's going to happen by being disciplined. Hallelujah. By being deliberate to build into our lives daily things that are going to cause us to, to be strengthened, to be encouraged in the promises of God for the long haul. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we say thank you. Thank you for your grace. Father, we bless you. I thank you for your goodness here. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you, Lord. If you're here and you know in your heart you are not walking in relationship with God, God wants so much 
to be in fellowship with you. The joy that was set before him, the reason that he endured the cross was the hope that one day you would say yes to having fellowship with him. But it requires us actually to respond to God. He, he was slain for the sins of the whole world. But unless you say, I need your forgiveness, unless you come and you exchange your sin for his mercy, unless you exchange your life for his lordship, then you remain apart. But if you will willingly acknowledge Jesus, you are savior and I need you as savior. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. When you do that, you become born again. Not only are your sins forgiven, you actually become a new person on the inside. You get power to be different. Hallelujah. All condemnation is taken away. All guilt, all shame. And Christ in you wants to be glorified. He comes into our lives and makes us new on the inside. And we have eternal fellowship with God. But it requires us to respond to him and say, Lord, I need to respond to your mercy. I want to surrender my life to you. And I want you to come in on the inside of me. I want to be born again. If that's you today and you want to respond to the mercy of God, would you wave your hand at me? I want to pray for you before we go any further. Is there anybody here today that says, yes, that's me. I want to respond to the mercy of God. I want to get my life right with God today. The start of this new year. Let it be today. Is there anybody here that says, yes, that's me. Just wave your hand at me and I'll pray for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Hooray. That's wonderful. Anybody else? Just wave your hand at me if that's you and you say, yes, I want to get my life right with God today. Today is the day everything changes for me. I want to get my life right. Just wave your hand at me and I'll, I'll see it. Hallelujah. Yeah, I see you. That's beautiful. Hallelujah. Well, all across this room, would you please pray with me right now? out loud and, and those watching on live stream too. Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to be crucified in my place. I believe that your sacrifice was perfect and takes away all my sin. I surrender my life. I give you my sin. I give you my past. I give you my identity. And in exchange, I receive your mercy, your forgiveness, your righteousness, your new nature. Come into my life, Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Make me new on the inside. Today, I declare... You are my God, and I am your child. By the grace of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, I pray for each one that just responded to you. Father, I ask that you would seal them with your blood. Father, that your grace, Lord, would be all over them. Father, that they would know you in ever-increasing ways. Lord, bless them indeed. Encourage them, Father. I'm asking, Lord, that you would take them on from glory to glory and strength to strength. And that you would uh, knit them into a fellowship, into family, Lord God. That they would know your presence. That they'd know your fellowship. Open the eyes of their understanding in the knowledge of you, Father, I ask. Yes, Jesus. Shukula masikia.